Hello, Chris. Hello, hello. What's going on? Internet. It's just you and me right now. So they say. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Spodcast, episode 30-ish. Technically, the li the old live Spodcasts are not counted in that number, but for some reason I decided to include the Halloween Horror Nights episode that was barely a Spodcast. I didn't even edit it. I Mistakes were made. I, I may have oops. Um, so yeah, we don't really have a whole lot of a, a, a structure for this episode worked out. No huge topics or anything. I think we're just going to kind of hang out. And in the background, I'm going to start a new Battletech career. Um, this is not Alex the game we agreed to stream. Be here. We agreed to stream the, the baby. There, I, there was no agreement on that whatsoever. You said we should stream I... this. I strongly endorsed it. <laughs> I don't even like. I haven't even visited that game's Steam page. What is it? What even? What even is that? Uh, it's a game where a grandmother is put in charge of a baby, and the grandmother has to achieve certain tasks by walking around the house. And then another player player is the baby, and the baby tries to make the grandma not able to do that by throwing things at the grandma. But the grandma has a taser and can kick the baby. It's great. It's good family fun. Yeah, that, yep, that just sounds like something that no one would object to. I just wanted to see what would happen when if I was a grandma and you were in a baby and who would win in a fight. That's all I wanted to see. I mean, me. I, I question that. So what are um, we playing? Uh, this is Battletech. Uh, a couple months ago, um, Battletech did a... Uh, uh, did a free update and added a career mode to the game uh, at the same time that they released their DLC. Or did the DLC add the, the career mode? I'm not actually totally sure if this is a free feature or not. At, at, anyway, it's basically just um, infinite battle tech. Uh, you, you have a map, you can go to places and do missions, and that's it. There's no real story. Um, and they also added these flashpoints, which are bigger... Uh, um, like more involved multi-stage missions that can be pretty hard. I still don't get this game. This game's fun. Um, when are we gonna do another one? Like the we should do the baby game. We, we should do it on the the bad game stream that we do periodically. Yeah, we should. In a, a couple weeks. Um. So do we get to choose our guy? Um. Uh, yeah, it's it's the same character creation that's in the uh, the normal game, except that was done with. Um, and you chose that hair. That that was done with. Uh, well, no, I haven't chosen that. Uh, that was done with like little dialogue choices, and this is um, clicking on stuff. I hope this is playing okay for people who are just listening to the audio only version. Um, I think you can imagine what a character creation screen looks like where I'm selecting different options for like, oh, the family went bankrupt or died in an accident or whatever. It's, it's like the Mountain Blade uh, character creation screen, actually. Um, there, there's a lot in this game that is superficially similar to Mountain Blade, actually. I, I, didn't um, Mass Effect do that, too? The, the three choices, the three multiple choice things that define who your character is and it only yeah, occasionally comes up? Yeah, and 
weirdly, those actually played a lot more into the sequels than they ever did in Mass Effect 1, where, like, it was just kind of perfunctory. Sorry, I just know that because I just recorded all that footage for Mass Effect and then it used... I, I recorded, like, three hours of footage from Mass Effect and used exactly, like, four seconds of actual Mass Effect footage. <laughs> you you spent it, so much work was... on that video. Um, no, well, I was all... Oh, it was wait. all... I made the classic mistake of uh, doing all the recording of video segments. No, we're going to bring back out. No, nah, just, just go with it. Just go with it. Not that. No, I did. that portrait looked dumb. It did, but now we can't talk about it because we're it's for the audio people. The, the audio <laughs> people will never know how dumb you look. I'll have to include a stupid photograph or something. Uh, here we go. Um, so, yeah, what have you been up to for the past week? Like, I haven't really work. talked a whole lot. Yeah, I have been. I've I've been playing. A, I'm in that terrible part of the month where I have to figure out what I'm doing for Errant Signal, and I've got like two weekends left in the month to do it. And I've not actually been. Like, it's one of those months where I haven't been like playing one thing that I'm absolutely certain is going to be the thing. I've been playing a smattering of random crap. So, like, I have. What have I played recently? I I did. Um, I've been. I recently purchased my time in Porsche for the Switch, which load times aside, I've been enjoying. Um, that that is a lot of systems for a for a chill game like a lot of systems surprisingly number of systems yeah um have you messed I with it i haven't actually played around with it at all no um but i've i've heard it's like pretty like complex it's, for what it is the first mission is like make a pickaxe and a a regular axe to, to be able to you know do wood and and minerals um and that's pretty straightforward that's pretty minecraft level the next level is build a bridge as a commission from the town but to build the bridge you need to build all of these advanced uh you know uh, uh saw blades and all this other stuff and the game doesn't really tell you this directly you have to sort of like grab your dad's notebook and look up what what devices lead to the lead to what mineral uh, resources that give you access to the things that let you build the thing you need? So you're like reverse engineering how to build this damn thing, and it turns out to do it you need to like you need to go collect wood to build a better axe so that you can collect hardwood because hardwood is better than regular wood. And then once you've got hardwood, you also need copper, which means going into the mines and mining for copper. And it turns out inside of the mines there's like it's it's destructible terrain, sort of like uh, uh, what was that game? Yeah, I'm talking about my my time at Porsche. Um, Red Faction. It's like Red Faction inside the mines, so you can like tunnel your way around. Um, it's not like Minecraft blocks. It's it's sort of mesh deformation, and they have a system where you can hit L1 uh, and sort of look for reticles, and then uh -huh. basically try to mine towards them because they will drop various things. Sometimes it's data packets hmm. that you can re learn about secrets of the old world. Sometimes it's a pink sofa because that's, I, I found a pink leather sofa buried in the rock and now it's sitting in my house because, because that's the kind of game this is. Um, <laughs> like it has all the stuff you would expect from an animal crossing, all the stuff you would expect from a, um, a, uh, Stardew Valley in terms of like, and all the stuff you'd expect from a Harvest Moon, but then also other additional stuff. Like there's not, it's not just like there's a day-night cycle. There's a sleep sleep cycle, and if your house is messed up, you can't get a good night's sleep until you fix your house. Just things like that, like just just random systems that are there that that add right. systems for no reason. 
um, which is great if you want to sort of lose yourself in this world. But as a Switch game that's sort of mobile, the fact that you can only save when you go to sleep and there's 18 million systems makes it a little bit much sometimes. Yeah. I've actually been... Um, I... I play. I've I started a new ba uh, uh, Borderlands Two character. Um, oh no! Unfortunately, um, that game is so weird. That just—it's interesting too how my my opinion on that game has changed over time. Really? Because I, I haven't touched it in a while. But but my I remember the last time I played it. My general feeling was I actually like the universe. I like the story. Um, I think the writing is way over criticized in terms of bad internet writing. There is way worse. Um, and I like the art style. I just hate the way that it's designed to be played with friends because I, I always play it alone and all the bosses are just miserable if you're playing by yourself. So that's interesting. Cause I, my, my opinion now is, is kind of exactly the opposite of, of all of those points. Um, when was the last time you actually played through the game though? Like, cause I, I, I dropped it. it in like I got to the twist late and then... 2013, I think, or mid 2013. And then like, I never, I, I had not picked it up again since then. This is the last, it doesn't say the last time I played it. Borderlands 2 does not list the last time I've played it. Yeah. I find that happens with steam games that are old enough, even though I, I'm pretty sure they did list that back then. Like maybe they accidentally lost the data at some point. So yeah, I, I do not know the last time I played it. When was the last Chivo? What was the last Chivo? Oh, their interface does not make this easy. Steam is Steam is bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised actually that they haven't updated the uh, the interface in. Okay. Like, like done a real UI overhaul because like Steam's interface is just it's so old and so unfunctional. Oh, we are getting a new one, aren't we? I don't know. I is that what's happening? There was that leaked image. Uh, yeah, the the Steam's new library UI design uh, revealed at E3 or a GDC 2019, and it is. Take a look at this. Hold on. Oh, the library design. Yeah. Um. But like, like, it's not just the library. It's everything about that interface. Um. I was like, great. They made the library look like the store. <laughs> I can't remember my Twitch password. Anyway, I'm trying to log in so I can share the link. Yes, they make the they're going to make the 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 library look like the store, which does make it easier to. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, really, it just looks like they're cramming a bunch of uh, recommendations in there. Right, <laughs> like that's never mind the library. I want a library with text search where I don't have to have the exact fucking name of the game. I want one that populates like the Windows text bar, so I can just like put into it like blah, 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 and it'll like guess at what I'm going for. You know, I don't want to have to put Dragon's Dogma TM in my, you know, like stuff like that. I want to play Dragon's Dogma on the Switch. It's a good game. Uh, I would definitely. You know, like, like if you're, like, it's nice to have it on the PC because there are some mods that are useful, but none of them are, like, absolutely critical. Oh, I messed up. I, th I thought a guy had already gone when he didn't. Um, 
anyway, uh, kind of drawing it back to Borderlands. Uh, so I, I after the Borderlands 3 trailer, I was like, you know, I'm not sure I'm super interested in this game at this point, but I have been kind of itching for a looter shooter, and I don't really feel like getting Division 2, and I'm not really sure I'm interested in ever playing Destiny 2, even though I own it twice over by accident. Um, Destiny 2 is uh, good. You should play it. Not, not not my accident, mind you. Uh, Chris was the one who accidentally bought it for me twice. <laughs> I didn't accidentally um, buy it for you twice. I accidentally bought it for you for the wrong platform once, and they had a no-refund yes, no policy. Yeah. That's different. Let's be very clear. Um, so I, I thought, you know, maybe I could go back and see if Borderlands 2 is, is any good now. Um, and I think, like, my initial take on Borderlands 2 um, was I, I I did not really like the way that game played. Um, you know, the shooting in Borderlands is never, like, awesome. But, uh, like, I, I was constantly dealing with... Um, oh, that's not supposed to be able to be audible. Um, why is Discord audible? There we go. Okay, hopefully there won't be more any more Discord beeps on the stream to confuse people. Um, like, I, I didn't like the way that um, the, the, the loot scaling and the level scaling worked. Um, and I, I wasn't really a huge fan of the writing either, although I thought it was, you know, okay. Um... But I think a lot of that was because when I initially played it, I was, I had like three different friend groups who wanted to play that game co-op with me. You know, I had like, um, you guys playing it with the spoiler warning cast. Um, I don't remember if you and I ever played it together. I know I played it with no. Seamus, but, um, and then there was, uh, you know, um, another friend, you know, other friends that I have that are not on the show. And then there was, um... Uh, uh, usually I play through games like that with my brother. Um, I think we did that. Or maybe we didn't do Borderlands 2. Anyway, I had like three different characters going on, and the way that the, the scaling in that game works for multiplayer is I think it does throw more guys at you, but it also kind of... Um, like, it also beefs up the enemy health a lot, and that, that makes a lot of the abilities in the game just not all that useful, which I kind of always hated about it. Um... And playing through it single player, actually, like, I, I don't find that nearly as bad. And, like, and the other thing that I noticed with, with um, initially, and it feels better now probably because I'm only playing through it single player, is that uh, it felt like guns got old really, really fast. Whereas in, in Borderlands 1, if you found, like, a really good gun, you could keep it for, like, oh, 10 or 15 levels. You can't, you can't keep it for, like, 10 or 15 levels in this one, um, but you can keep it for a while. Um... Uh, but like, I think with that, the way that the, the scaling worked with multiplayer, that also made guns kind of go obsolete a little faster. Um, but now I'm playing it and that game is so, so weird. Um, you know, it came out in like late 2012. Um, and like playing it today, it's like. There's no way this game could get made now. Um, it's so... Like, the humor in it is so old-feeling. Like... And it's got this weird, like, identity crisis where um, Anthony Birch wrote the second game and uh, and 
um, you know, he's a progressive and, and someone who tends to get harassed by the alt-right a lot. Um, and he, you know, put in a lot of writing in that game that was, um, you know, not this horrible garbage that it kind of inherited from, um, you know, the first game. Um, I, I'm not sure I'd say it, it, it's all that successful in that respect. But it, it, it creates this game that has this very strange sort of whiplash between, like, you know, oh, it's all these... Everybody in this universe is basically a joke about the mentally ill. Um, and then and then you've got, you know, the character that is that was probably originally conceived of as just a fat joke, but um, turns out to be kind of a, a cool positive representation because, like, she, she owns it and she, you know, likes the way her body is. And then I'm off to kill, like, 50 midgets. Um, and it's just, like, it's the most bizarre thing where you've got this, like, very progressive kind of, like, um, leftist sort of, like, character writing interspersed with these awful dumb ableist jokes um and it's it's just it's so weird to watch in action and go like if this game came out like today there would be a whole bunch of articles everywhere people just going what the fuck guys i i'm genuinely curious how they're going to handle that going into uh borderlands 3 because it's so yeah. tied up in the dna of the enemy lists and the just general writing I, I don't right. know how they're going to handle that. So, yeah, I, I, that's a, a valid question. I have no idea how they're going to actually walk around that issue. I think, like, I feel like the, the, the trailer did not fill me with a whole lot of confidence with that game. Um, and, and you kind of see that, you know, crazy people. In the, I mean, Borderlands 2 is always, like, sort of this... Or Borderlands, the universe, is always sort of, like, hyper... Uh, you know, beyond reality kind of like personalities where everybody is is going to be guess... kind of crazy anyway. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of that in the trailer, you know, it looks pretty obvious. And I, I think you see, you know, psychos and stuff like that, you know, the the old enemies. I, did we see any midgets? I If anything, I would really like I it if they just stopped us. making that damn joke. Or, or even just stop calling them that? Like, that would be step one? Yeah, yeah it's... Like, one, don't call that entire class of enemies psychos, and two, don't have a subclass of that enemy be psycho midgets. Maybe, maybe... But 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 then you run into that problem of, like, I don't know if using more correct terminology is something that is something that is really going to help. Because if you're still just, you know, shooting mentally disabled little people or or whatever, like, that's... Yeah, no, that's, like, like, they need you're, you're to, still, to The, the premise needs to change. To fix it. Yeah, right. like... Like... I, I don't know what you what you do to fix that, and I don't know how they they're gonna address that, but they kind of have to in in twenty nineteen. Yeah, Borderlands is like this weird like woke four chan kind of like bizarre mesh mishmash, or at least Borderlands two is. Um, now I haven't played this pre sequel. I know Anthony Birch wrote that one, so I assume it's pretty similar. Um, and I haven't played Tales from the Borderlands. I don't know what that's like at all. Um, Tales from the Borderlands avoids most of the badness. Tales from the Borderlands is the best thing that franchise has ever made. And I will stand for Tales from the Borderlands. It is the best Telltale game that isn't the first season of The Walking Dead. Um, and I, I love it and will stand for it. Um, Arc Lance in chat says, uh, and yes, the midgets, that was not really funny in Borderlands 1. And yeah, like that's the point. Like Borderlands 1 humor was bad. It was, it was garbage. Um... 
it, it was very like 2008 gamer bro kind of jokes um this is really annoying the playing this game in, in borderless windowed mode and having my cursor constantly going off the screen i suppose i could use the wsnd keys um wasid say wasid no i i get some fights with abbreviation I, I get in fights with everybody because I feel like if you can pronounce it, it should be pronounced. And apparently there's rules for this, and I don't I think they're capricious. Oh, is and arbitrary. that why you pronounce is that why you pronounce it asthma? Yes, a, I pronounce a, it asthma. I've never heard anyone else say that before. I heard uh Heather Alexandra on, on the recent um uh Kotaku coverage of that mining game. I heard her say it. And then corrected herself to ASMR, but she said asthma. Uh, <laughs> so I'm so not there's alone. There's some support for your position, but everyone recognizes that it's still wrong. So asthma. Um, no, but the one that I got in trouble with in real life, well, not in real life, like I got in real trouble, but the one my, my real life friends have complained about is the sports uh, store REI, which I continue to call Ray. <laughs> it's spelled the same. I was gonna make a joke about like like oh just uh just just Ray the sports store, but Ray is not that common a name. It'd be much more fun if it were like Doug or something. Um Steve the sports store that everyone loves. Also, hi, I'm here. I just have literally no hey, Alex. like I haven't had anything to jump in with in any oh, of these. Okay, topics. I actually I had the sounds off and wasn't looking at the window, so when did you come in? Uh, when you were talking about Borderlands and how it's dumb. Yeah, it, it is that. Um, so yeah, like, I, I've been playing through Borderlands 2 and I'm like, I'm liking the gameplay now more than I think I ever did in the past, and... Like, you're replaying just, it I now? Kind of, yeah, yeah, I, uh, after the Borderlands 3 trailer came out, I, I decided to play Borderlands 2, um... He's a glutton for like punishment. It, was, it, it wasn't just because um, of the trailer. It was also like, you know, I'm, I'm I kind of, I want to play a looter shooter. I'm not really sure I want to play The Division or Destiny. I super don't want to ever launch Anthem again. Um, so, you know, the Borderlands 3 trailer came out. I was like, yeah, you know, I never did finish Borderlands 2. Um, so I decided to start up a new game with that and play a single player um, campaign there. Um and I'm just, I'm, I kind of, I'm, I'm finding the gameplay like a lot more fun than I ever did. And I, I kind of like, I hate the writing like more and more. And like, it's not, it's not even like the writing is bad necessarily. It's just this, this dichotomy of like this game really wants to be like some elements of this game want to be like nice and progressive. And then other elements of this game are just bad gamer humor. And, and it just, it kind of sucks all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, I never, like, the only reason I ever played Borderlands is because it was a four-player co-op game that I could play with people online, and it was the only one that any, everybody had. And so, like, I was never into the characters or the story or anything. Yeah. Like, I was just, I rolled my eyes the entire time playing through the entire game and all the I DLC think that's for the... two. And, like, I played a little bit of the pre-sequel, and then I got bored really quickly. I think that's the way a lot of people felt about Borderlands 1, especially, because the story in that was, like, I guess we have to have a story, so here you go, there's well, a vault. My, 
And it's my a monster problem. in the vault instead of a treasure. Woo. That was my problem, is is the monster in the vault. Because especially because it was like the easiest boss in the game. That was the real letdown. <laughs> Uh, I can't read the name because they're in very bright green. Spirit Bear in chat says, did the game just waste 10 minutes to move the convoy? Uh, yes, it did. Um, this is why I don't play this the game. stream version of this. Um, I'm in an escort mission in Battletech, and uh, the enemy reinforcements to stop the escorts didn't show up until the escorts got to the end. So <laughs> I've just been kind of running around for, for nothing, waiting for enemies to show up. Star City is going to get destroyed, isn't it? As like a big end game thing. Sorry, I'm reading chat and they're talking about... I, I should preface that for people that are not watching this. Um, chat is talking about the leaks for a potential uh, DC MMO... Uh, not MMO, DC Destiny-like game. And uh, they're saying that uh, Gotham and Star City are supposed to be locations in this live services DC-themed game. And I'm sitting here thinking that they're going to, for like an event, blow up Star City. Right? You're, you're going to have some Darkest Night stuff go down. I'm assuming. So as someone who, who is not up and up with the DC stuff, what's Star City? Isn't that the the city that Green Lantern's from? Or am I... I don't know DC that well, so I, I might be I completely off. No, Green no Lantern idea. lives in space. <laughs> Does I, Green I Lantern think... live in space or in a space-themed city? Okay, Star City is Green Air... Okay. The, the, no, the, he the, lives the in outer space. Me. The the the, com the commenters are correcting me. Star City is the city from Green Arrow and Flash. It's it's the uh, city from the uh, CW verse, basically. Okay, I've never watched any of those. The shows. B team. I I don't know. I'm just thinking of like the DCU online, and I played a little bit of that, and it's just like I'm just not a fan of how they ran that. And if it's WB Games doing this one, I also don't have faith in that. So. I mean, it's going to have to be because Warner Brothers owns DC. It is, it is weird to me that there is a much stronger presence of DC characters in video games than Marvel characters because Disney sucks so hard at video games and Warner Brothers actually has a fairly decent media, digital media component. That's sort of the thing with DC, right? Like, every, like the movies are the worst part about that universe. The, the comics, the animated stuff... The video games, they're all way better, and they're better than what Marvel is doing in... in well, I'm, I'm not sure about the comics, but the, the other, like, peripheral stuff is way better than what Marvel's doing. Uh, almost, like... Disney's MO has been cases. to... Disney's MO has been to look for platforms in order to release things, and usually that means, uh, more than anything, a lot of mobile titles. Stuff like your Marvel Puzzle Quests and your um, Avengers Academy. Stuff that doesn't require a lot of content to come out. That way, when a game or when a new movie comes out, it can be a little a little tiny content pack of a couple art assets that you can charge for rather than their own game. Right. So, like, the next next Iron Man or whatever comes out, you get a, a content pack for your five platform games that's, like, one level and a couple character icons for every one of them. And that's been their MO for two or three years now. This game sucks. <laughs> Are you losing? Fucking... Uh, it's not really, uh, but I, I think Alec I lost some lasers there that, uh, I, I really sh can't afford to lose. Alex, what have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot of Division 2, uh, which, 
you know, as I play with Division One, with I just don't pay attention to what anyone says, and I enjoy the gameplay element of it, which is very good. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of mobile games. I've been very into Epic Seven right now, which is pretty much essentially it's like a gotcha game, but it's a um, it's an RPG as well, and it has a lot of really like nice things that gives me a lot of stuff to do. Like it could be a um, a game on its own. Like it's really it's really that good. So I'm addicted to that. So yeah, but um, no, I haven't been playing a lot of like I've been playing a little bit of Smash too, like slowly, slowly. Did you get the Joker? Epic Seven is very good. Yes, add me. Uh, uh, my I'll, username. I'll, I'll, I'll type my username in chat if you want to add me. My switch is in the other room, but I'll go get that in a second. Oh, I mean on Epic Seven. I have so I have a switch too. I just don't have oh. anyone on there because <laughs> I don't play any multiplayer games. My uh, yeah, that's my Epic Seven name is Four Twenty Waifu. Because it's a waifu game, you know. That seems appropriate. The best part about Epic Seven is that um, at the beginning, usually in a gotcha game, you get like a free uh, pull of like to get you started, you know. Um, and Epic Seven allows you to reroll, I think like a hundred times or something like that until you get one that you want. So normally what mobile players do is if they like start up a game and they get nothing good with their free roll, they will have to like delete the app, potentially like make another account and roll again. And so it's a very tenuous process if you want to start a new mobile game. So this is like a really cool way of doing it where you kind of, they kind of let you re-roll your account for you instead of having to restart everything over again. Oh yes, and I have played Fire Emblem Heroes too. I've played most like waifu gacha games at this point. I've played Love Live. I don't play that anymore. Um, I don't even play Love Link Nikki anymore. I'm so over that. Um, and then I'm also playing Destiny Child, not to be confused with Destiny's Child, uh, and Azur Lane, which is the uh, ship, the sexy ship waifu game, which is essentially like a World War II naval strategy game that they reskinned to make anime girls and now it's a good game I feel so like everyone there plays are, it there are like many games that are like exactly that that are world war ii warships that are also anime girls for some reason no it's just the one it's just there's a lot of different characters probably destiny child is my guilty pleasure um, yeah. And the cool thing is that, so A, uh, Epic Seven just announced they're doing a Guilty Gear collab, which is really fun. And then Destiny Child in the, in Korean servers, they've already had like a Street Fighter collab. They've had a DOA collab. So that's always exciting. You know, you get to see your waifus from other games in the mobile version of a waifu game. I've been here for a bit, Zenith. It's okay. I'm sorry you guys probably don't have anything to say about any of that. But if you ever want to crash course on starting your first Korean mobile game, let me know and I'll get you hooked up. All right. Here, here is, is my level of literacy on that. What does gotcha mean? 
Oh no. It's like a Japanese, <laughs> well, it comes from like the, um, that's what they call those little machines where you put the coin in and you get like a um, toy in it. You spin it and the toy comes out. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about, Josh? okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the little plastic balls and they have like a little toy or prize right, inside. Right, right. That's what that's from. And in Japan, that is like a very much more prolific sort of like thing you mm -hmm. see on the streets. And so that's and... all it is, is just like the digital version of that. Okay, I see. So I was you're like, like, like putting it, it in a coin and like, you get... like English gotcha. But I was like, no, that can't well, be the, the, the etymology of it. No, no, it comes from, like, Japan, I think. I actually don't um, know the real etymology, but I'm assuming. Also, um, for those of you paying attention to the, to the stream version of this, um, this escort mission is fucking broken. This is awesome. The, the, the last van won't fucking drive up to the ship. Um, so that's cool. Maybe. Oh, now it's going. Oh. Okay. It... I wasn't close enough, so they decided to stay put for no reason. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry. Uh, Battletech is weird sometimes. Actually, Battletech is weird most of the time. No, it's not. It's not going. <laughs> they decided to go five feet. And then they were like, "No, hang on. That's we're good. We're chill here." So. Are there any major releases in the next couple weeks other than, I guess, Mortal Kombat? That's the only one I can think of. Speaking of Warner Brothers. Mortal Kombat's a pretty big deal. I'm yeah. going to pick it up. I haven't decided if it's going to be the Switch or the PlayStation. Uh, it's not going to be the PC. Yeah, the, like, I picked up Mortal Kombat, I want to say 10 on the PC, and uh, that, there was a lot of... Like, I don't even play Mortal Kombat games, really, but, like, there was just a whole lot of, like, just absolute garbage net stuff with that game. Um, and bad port stuff, too. And... I'm, I'm mostly concerned, because it sounds like they're doing a lot of the same things they did with uh, Injustice 2. Um, to make it more like a, a long-form platform. Eh... Like yeah, I don't know if either of you played it. A trend in in fighting games lately is is kind of getting that monetization pipeline going. And I'm kind with, of surprised with that fighting it, like, games, that... it's always just horrible. Like I hate yeah every monetization they do with fighting games, and it's basically like caused me to stop buying fighting games. I don't. I used to buy every single one, and now I'm just like, oh, like unless it's like Smash, where I'm like I've gotta just like bite the bullet on that it's like no because it's gonna be like oh you're gonna I... have like 20 more characters released and they're gonna cost five dollars each no thank you i've not I've, I've actually not even picked up smash um I, I you know i i don't i'm not that into smash i was never that into smash but you know i did play the original one with my brother you know split screen multiplayer well not split screen in the case of smash but you know that kind of thing local multiplayer but like then we had a GameCube, but it broke, and we never had a whole lot of games for it, and uh, it took a long time for Smash to come out for the Wii, and, like, by that point, like, I just kind of fell in out, like, fallen out of the series, and, uh, you know, coming back in now, just, it feels weird. It's like, I'm, I'm so far removed from, like, what I liked about that game that, like, what I remember is different from the way it plays now. 
Definitely De Dead or Alive is a really bad offender for DLC. Um, and yeah, with Smash, oh, yeah. it's nice that you can buy, like, the Battle Pass to just say, like, just here, just, like, pay it, and then we're going to release a bunch of shit, and you're going to like it. And that's what I did. I was like, you know, whatever. I don't want to be thinking about it later, and then that's fine. But it's, yeah, it's just... And, like, a lot of times, like, the online systems in these games aren't particularly reliable or, like, the console version is and the PC isn't. Or even, like, in some cases, pros are, um, like, they're going for the other platform, like the PC or something, just because, like, console's right. not great. It's, like, just a whole bunch of nonsense. I mean, part of the problem also, at least in my experience, is that I'm just at an age now where I don't have anybody to play fighting games with regularly in my house anymore. Like, it was when I was a kid, I had my siblings, and then I went to college, and it was just college roommates playing Smash all day, every day. And, and then at a certain point, I moved away, and now I'm in a house with my wife, and she doesn't really play fighting games. And I, when, when was the last time I had people over to play video games? And... As a 34-year-old adult, the answer is probably not in a decade. Yeah. See, and my friends and I still do, like, fight night stuff. Like, we go, like I go over to my friend's house and we do play and it's fun and stuff. But if you don't have that, yeah, it would be like, you don't have much of a reason. Yeah, my, my, my social group is really more of a, a jackbox group than a, a fighting game group, unfortunately. Hmm. Unfortunately, it's like I feel like those games have run their course a little too even. I'm looking like forward the... to Jackbox games. Yeah, I find it's just like hard to it's harder to get people into it because people know what it is and they've done it before when like when Jackbox was new, it's like, "Oh, there's this cool game you can play on your phone and like we can all play together." Yeah. I... I love the fact that, that Jackbox Games has been so dedicated to pushing out a variety of different party titles, but they all really are starting to blur together, and I, I almost wish they would now stop being a little bit so experimental and focus on just a giant best of, like a giant you-don't-know-jack slash uh, trivia murder party slash uh, I don't know what the, fam what the favorite drawing game is. Drawful. Yeah, Drawful is probably the best one. Is it Drawful? Yeah. Not TKO. Some people really swear by TKO. TKO is There's like good. some that are like mixed reviews, and then there's ones that nobody plays. I, yeah. I, I remember I did not like the drawing game in the latest pack when we played it. Or is that even the, the latest pack anymore? We played, the latest, no, there's a new one out now, isn't there? The latest one is the one where you invent stuff. It's the uh, idea one. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I feel okay. like we played I, I, that yeah. somewhere. We we did we did a stream of that and I I didn't really like the that drawing game very much. I cannot remember what what porn related thing I was forced to invent, but I I had to invent something like that. <laughs> Wait what? Do you not remember that? It, it was like. I, oh I can't yeah remember. no yeah we we did I I don't remember the the details of it at all but I mean the point of those streams is to make you do funny stuff Chris like that's that's one hundred percent it. Well, that wasn't very nice. Shooting me with a large laser. Not even revealing yourself. You'd think lasers would be more, like, accurate. <laughs> this is Battletech. Nothing's accurate. A lot of good movement pass. Um, 
I mean, the thing that I'm excited for is actually out right now. Uh, not a video game, but uh, the season finale of this season of Star Trek Discovery came out like, I want to say like 30 minutes ago. So that's what I'm going to be doing after this. Congratulations um, on your bounty of television. Um, it, it's, it's been a really interesting season. Like season one had a lot of... Um, there was a lot, a lot of conflicting priorities in season one, it felt like, because they had Brian Fuller in there for the first half, and then, like, he left. Um, and and so you get this sort of thing where the initial plot, which was, like, this Klingon war, just kind of gets wrapped up, and then they go to the Mirror Universe for a bit, and then they come back, and then there's more Klingon war stuff. And it's, it's it was kind of weird and disjointed. Um the second season has been a lot more even and uh, and you remember alex how we were doing that starbucks episode and it was a very there was a pilot of um star trek the original series we had that that boring guy jeffrey hunter playing captain pike yes yeah well that character is in uh is in this season like the enterprise shows up um and he takes command of the the hero ship for discovery the discovery um and it's actually really good and they they had this one bit in uh in like i think the seventh or eighth episode of the season where um the events of the cage get referenced of that pilot episode and they do this like really cool like retro like previously on star trek and it's got the original star trek logo oh font no like, shows footage from that episode and like pulls what? it into and it and it actually works like it's great um, Did you lose your mind? Were you like, holy shit? I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, there there are a lot of like critics of Star Trek Discovery for reasons some I agree with, some I don't. But like, I I'm liking it overall um, a lot more than I did like Enterprise. Yeah, everyone keeps saying they want more Starbucks. Yeah, I just I haven't I need to talk to Mumbles about that. I haven't talked. To, yeah, talked she's to the her. one that's the hardest to pin down. So I'm yeah, down. She's got a lot of Starbucks. stuff going on. Jimmy DC ninety nine says Josh, we all know Voyager is the best. Uh, We're not starting this. You you are of course free to have your opinions, but you're also wrong. I like Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> he directed uh, several episodes of uh, this season and last season of Star Trek Discovery, actually. Apparently he's also involved in the Picard show as a director, so that's interesting. But he, how many episodes has he directed of um, Star Trek? Like, in almost every season and some and the movie some of the movies yeah he he directed a lot of shows in like the of the latter half of the next generation which i think is where he got into it and then he did um a bunch of uh stuff for voyager and deep space nine um and and he also directed the um eighth and ninth star trek films the uh, the se uh, the second and third um next gen vehicles um which was Star, Star Trek First Contact, which most people consider to be the second best or third best Star Trek movie. Um, I'd say it's up there. Um, and then Insurrection, which nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to watch the news Twilight Zone. I don't know how I can legally do it. Got to figure that out. But I'm excited to watch it. What is it on? I don't know. I like Twilight um, Zone. 
Like, is it is it a Netflix thing that's just not available in Canada, or it's is CBS? It some weird. Is it Hulu? Oh, <laughs> wow. What is CBS? So then, how can I even it? watch I that? I don't even know. How can you watch the Star Trek? I don't. I can't watch Star Trek. Well, like Star Trek, the original series is on Netflix. Yes, but... yes, but not Discovery. Yeah. And we were doing Starbucks on the original series, obviously. Um... That's a real bummer. Although one thing that was cool is yesterday when I was doing my movie night, um, I was able to legally access the Spanish version of Air Bud and no one in America could. <laughs> And it was really funny uh, too because I had thought thought it thought at first it was the English version. So their opening starts and there's not no dialogue for quite some time. And so we're like, oh, yeah, man, sucks to be great. you, Americans, Canadian access all the way. And then it's like Spanish. We're like, fuck no. Who remembers Airbud? Me. I watched it yesterday. What? What did we did a we did a double feature? Like in Spanish. The dog doesn't talk, Josh. Does he not? I thought he no! did. No. The puppy. The puppies do in the subsequent Bud-related titles, but the original Air Bud does not speak. Yes. Okay. So, Sam so actually saw Air Bud the for same the first in Spanish time. as he did in English. And then we watched Space Jam, which Sam also saw for the first time, which was very fun. And the whole time, I'm just—I always revel in the fact that Space Jam was even a thing that was made, because there were so many just like working parts to like make that happen, and it's just yeah, glorious. it's. It's amazing. Like, there's no way they can top the perfect storm that was Space Jam with LeBron. Like, they just... It's not possible. Yeah. So, according they, to this... Aren't they making uh, a new one or a remake? They are, with LeBron, yeah. According to this, if you are Canadian and want to watch the new uh, Twilight Zone, you must tune into City TV. I don't have I don't cable. Know what that is. Well, I, I don't control... That. City just, TV is I'm... just like one of our like uh, local like channels, like national channels. I think. Is it City like the credit card company or? No, like CTV. Okay. I don't have cable. It's everywhere if I don't have cable, and that's like the funny thing is like old people can't talk to anymore me anymore because I don't have cable. It's immediately conversations are shut down because of right? it. Like, it's crazy. And most of the time, it's so my Nana can describe what commercials are that she's seen. She's like, oh, have you seen the commercial? I'm like, no, Nana. No, I have not my seen any like commercials. <laughs> I'm sorry this is your talking point, like, but I'm sorry I'm not exposed to televised advertising the same way you are. And and whenever I'm talking to my grandfather on the phone, um, he's always talking about, like, oh, what, what's happening on 60 Minutes this week. And it's like, that's neat, I guess. Um... It is weird my being like... like. Go ahead. Well, my parents are like the same thing. Like they they also mention like commercials, and I'm just like I have no idea. I I run an ad blocker, pretty much everywhere, and I don't have television. So. I mean, it's it's weird being like, the I guess the children on the on the cusp of the death of the monoculture because I remember what it was like growing up where. Everybody did gather around the water cooler and talk about what happened on Seinfeld or whatever last night. Like, that's something I'm still consciously right. aware of, where I think people much younger than me maybe have no conception of that. But at the same time, like, right now, like, everyone older than me still has cable. They still watch, you know, the same the same shows. They're still part of what is a dying monoculture, 
Whereas I think the rest of us see different things. We read different articles. We look at different publications. We have different spheres of influence. And the, it's just interesting to me to sort of be on that weird cusp between like the people who have never known the monoculture and the people who still live in a dying one. And it's just fascinating. Right. Yeah. Um, so Christopher's asks in chat, uh, so did you all not watch Game of Thrones? Because that's all I hear about. Uh, I have never watched Game of Thrones. Don't get me started. Oh my god. I can't. And this just comes again and again. I had like a weird personal <laughs> relationship with Game of Thrones. I have seen um, seasons one through, I believe, four. And then I stopped because I had enough. That's about where I ended up stopping. Basically, as soon as Sansa got um, attacked, I was like, no, I can't do it anymore. Like, that whole season was just too upsetting for me. I, I think I it was season weird, four. I went through the weird thing of I got through season four and then just kind of fell off the wagon because it was expensive and also I didn't care all that much because it was a lot of, you know, faffing about not actually moving the plot forward. And then I came back for the end of last season and now it's all moving the plot forward and none of the interesting uh, intrigue and, and castle intrigue. It's It's all... A story about who will fight who, the zombies, the, the the dragons, and I just, I can't bring myself to care. Oh, yeah. And I have so many, like, headcanons and theories about just the overall structure of Game of Thrones, because I think it's really fascinating to me. Um, but it's literally this situation where, like, so much is set up at the beginning, and most of it comes from the books. And I have read all the books. This is prefacing, too. I also wanted to stop with the show before they got too off the rails because I wanted like the I don't want to say like purist story but I'm like I, I don't want to experience the TV version first I don't know I'm weird yeah but they're they but they set up all this stuff George R. R. Martin is an insane person who decided that we need three <laughs> different kinds of fucking wizards in our fantasy tale on top of like a billion different kinds of other things. And it's literally just impossible to wrap up everything because he put so much out there that eventually the story conveniently just forgets about those little details. And right. that's what it is. Like, it's like, you don't have the time to constantly like keep all of this moving. So, the t the showrunners kind of have slowly stripped away the the details of the story and have been focusing it more on like the fan favorite characters because i'm also going to be honest nobody's favorite character has died yet in game of thrones the show everyone can say that they did but like they were never going to kill daenerys they're never going to kill Jon snow like you know that going forward who else do you want care about like really i don't think so Anyways, I, I could go on and on. I'm not going to. But I just think, like, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I'm not watching Game of Thrones. I'm a cool person. But it's also, like, I just wish, like, we liked other things and weren't bandwagoning, bandwagoning behind, <laughs> like, the same things. It's, like, it's okay to watch something else. It's okay to not have to defend that. It's, not, it's okay to have to not... It, it's okay to not have to justify your interests. You know, and it's just like this big thing about like who likes who and who likes the show this much and who's read the books yeah. and who hasn't. It's just too much. Yeah. Um, I, I will say like my my I have not seen Game of Thrones is not some like badge of honor or whatever. My thing with Game of Thrones is like for a while there, it was pretty much impossible to get legally on the Internet. Um, and 
you don't like, have cable, so, so I spent a lot of I spent a lot of time, like, knowing that it was something that I probably should watch at some point, but, like, through Osmosis, I now, like, kind of have an idea of, like, all the big major spoilers and the early stuff, and I hear a lot of, like, I hear it's pretty rapey and shit, and it's like, eh, yes. like maybe I don't actually want to watch this. The other thing is that you're a history buff. I feel like a lot of people get mm. into Game of Thrones because it's their sort of first exposure to people worried about lineages and birthright and how right. kingdoms work and you you play you've played infinite amount of crusader kings you know all this stuff <laughs> you know how it actually happened like well i wouldn't say crusader kings is a is a perfect example well, of how uh there is a crusader kings mod for game of thrones that pretty the, accurately I have covers played, all i have of... played that mod actually um because because randy um you guys may remember as being on the first season of, of Spoiler Warning Ever. Um, uh, he is really into Game of Thrones and also occasionally plays like Crusader Kings. And at one point we did like a, a multiplayer game in that mod. And I was just like, I have no idea what any of this, like, I don't understand. I don't know what these places are, but like, I can kind of get along with this mod because it's, it's still Crusader Kings. Yeah, I played around with it and it's pretty fun. I like to do revisionist narrative stuff which i think is really interesting and you see how it plays well, out well that's that's the best thing about um crusader kings is is coming up with your own alternative uh <clears throat> path for history there's a there's a, a sort of meme um uh with with europa universalis 2 actually uh, or not 2 4 um where uh everyone will play Ulm, which is this like it's called a one province minor uh it's basically just some some in, in the context of the time period like nothing state in the middle of the uh the holy roman empire which is this like quagmire of uh political intermingling and uh and and basically just paint the map Ulm. um and i, I think half of it is because Ulm is an inherently funny word But I guess my point is more just like, I, I think Game of Thrones loses a lot of its appeal if you are familiar with sort of how castle intrigue used to work and, and how things like like uh, like that have actually played out. Because it, it, it's doing a lot of the same Maybe, stuff. I mean, it, I, it's very low I can't on... Say. <laughs> until the later seasons, it's very low on the magic and fantasy stuff. Like for the first... The entirety of the first season basically almost has none, uh, aside from a few light elements and it's only as you head towards the end that it starts being more about undead things and dragons and and you know stuff like that um so i don't know it's it's the the series is weird because now it's sort of everyone wants just wants to know how it's going to wrap up but i will say one thing i'd I'd rather watch game of thrones than the walking dead at this point oh god oh, walking man. dead I, I and now they have the three dead. different series don't they i can't they're working on another separate exists. one. That's crazy. And like I thought I thought that show would die after like season 2 and 3 where they were just like, you know, season 1 was pretty good and then season 2 and 3 are just horrible. Um I remember we had this conversation Josh at um TwitchCon because we were at that bar and yeah. they had like randomly yeah, and they were, they were turned off the sport uh-huh. Yeah, they turned off the sports ball to turn on the latest episode of Game of Thrones. Like, uh, Walking Dead, and no one's watching it. 
I mean, it, it was kind of a hipster cider bar, so maybe they don't care about sports. Um, but but you think hipsters wouldn't like Walking Dead either? Yeah. I forgot Heroes was a show. Dear God. <laughs> oh, poor Heroes. As I understand it, didn't Heroes' big problems come from the fact that like there was a big writer's strike in the middle of it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, but also it was bad. Like the writer's strike didn't help. That was the that that made an already sketchy show just completely go off the rails. But it was already not right. great because it came from the it came from the J.J. Abrams school of we'll drop some mystery box crap in front of you and we'll figure out what that means later, if ever. You just we want right. people on the internet the... to be theorizing what the uh, what it all means. So the lost era. Yeah. Um. You know well, what I mean, show that I'm watching right now, which is not a new show, but I finally decided to crack open my DVD set of Daria, and I'm having an excellent fucking time. Because that show have the original music? is so good. Uh, I don't I think, think it does. Think? Oh, really? No, How do I know? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a sad nerd, and that's why I know. Um, did you read is... the article like a few weeks ago on it? Because I did too. Oh no, I didn't know there was an article. I just I just remember yeah, watching recently, Daria growing up. They're because they're having issues with the with the music and copyright issues. And they're like discussing like what that means for the show moving forward. Um sort of like Beavis and Butthead, like the similar issues they had with that. Well, I'll try and find it. It's just interesting because I know, I know that because it originally aired on MTV, they basically had carte blanche to use whatever pop songs were popular at the time. And so they had all these like Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC songs, even some like new metal crap, whatever was popular circa 1999 to 2001, whenever the show aired. And um, it was largely used almost ironically in Daria because she sort of had disdain for pop culture in general. And... But it sort of was also the background radiation of everyone and all the stupidity in Lawndale. So it was this sort of like ever-present MTV pop background to her drudgery of, of an existence. And if you watch the versions that made it to DVD, most of them don't have that music because they didn't have the rights. So it ends up being like just MIDI music, background music, uh, sort of stock filler so sad moments get sad songs instead of a, you know, we, they would have played like a sad MTV pop hit, but now it's just sort of a sad MIDI do to do you know, noodling. And it, it really makes the, song, the, the show feel weird. The show's still really good because most of the power came from the writing, but taking that soundtrack out just makes the thing just a weird experience to watch, especially if you've ever seen the originals. Yeah, I think it does have the... Uh filler music now that I think about it because it, it is all just kind of instrumental yeah, yeah that happened so. with both house and scrubs oh poor um, house and I think I watched scrubs with the original music but house like I got to late enough that they didn't I think I actually watched that show after it ended oh you fuckers had to target well, the media military there's there's only three good seasons there so I'm trying to like think like do you mean like the original team? Uh, the they, fourth they did season's have that kind of okay. Where like they, they the... shuffled the cast around a lot. Well, here's the problem. I, I don't I kind of I'm kind of like Alex with Game of Thrones. Don't get me talking about House because like <laughs> um, 
I have opinions. And basically, my, my overall opinion on House is that the first three seasons were pretty great, but it really, really, really was formulaic, like, to, to a ridiculous degree, where it would be like, yeah, I you know... Agree. The, you know, the, the guy comes, the guy or girl comes in with a sickness. Nobody knows what it is in the cold open. They get to the hospital. They all try to test for obvious things. The patient gets sicker. They panic. They try something desperate. It makes the patient almost die. And then uh, House comes up with a crazy idea that would kill them. And then it turns out it saves them because House is a genius. The end. Like, and you can, and it, they made it work for three seasons. And then eventually it started getting really, really, really long in the tooth. And some of what they did was sort of trying to move towards character development, right? Like, they tried. Right. They tried to make um, Chase. Uh, they tried to make it so that basically Foreman was worried that he was becoming House. Right? Foreman was re realizing yeah. that he was acting more and more like House, and that was bad. And Chase was um, sort of indifferent to some of the things he had done. And also, they had that episode where I can't remember that he helped. He helped House do something bad, and it was because it was to benefit him or something. It's been a long time since I've seen the show. And then uh, Cameron just realized that she didn't want to end up like him, so she ran away from him. Um, I, I thought that the Cameron House romance was a bad idea from the start. Yeah, that never was gonna. If they needed, if they were gonna go anywhere, they should have gone with Cuddy. But they need Cuddy there to be, to have the power dynamic of someone to tell him no, and that doesn't work if he's I, I mean, dating Cuddy. Go with so... Cuddy, and then she she left in the last season, and Foreman became the fucking the head of the hospital, and I was like, wait, what? It, none of it worked. Not, not, anything after the season four works, but to me, the last good episode was uh uh house's head and wilson's heart the end of that episode was like the show had been on decline for a while but that was the last actually really great episode because it felt like the last moment the characters could actually change and it felt like an actual momentous moment and as soon as the next episode aired things were right back to normal because it was house yeah they it, they do eventually develop house but it takes them so long to do so to like like to to give up having house be in the the um status quo of like i'm a drug addict um you know and that, that was just kind of like where house was for like the first six seasons or something like that and then they finally started to really address that and make house grow but at that point it really it kind of felt like it was too late and also by like season six, they they were on like team eighteen, um, you know, team rotation number three or something like right. that, you know, like yeah. the C team. Um, like I didn't mind the initial season four team that we ended up with: Taub, Cuddy, uh, CTB, yeah. and thirteen. And thirteen, yeah. Like that was not a bad setup, but but it didn't last, and and this the series just kept getting worse and worse. And, and when they were doing a diagnostic differential in, in a monster truck with bad uh, compositing, they just made it clear they were in front of a green screen. That's where I, I kind of pieced out that. And after house had to talk down terrorists or whatever that took over the hospital, like the show got really dumb at one point, like really profoundly bad. Yeah. I do miss having TV like that, though. Like, I I miss television. I, I guess this is this is the other the flip side of that not being on the monoculture thing is like, I I don't really have that many shows I watch, and I miss having television. If I if I turn on TV now, I have uh I used to have Sling. Now I have the crappy um PlayStation View cable. Um, uh -huh. it's I wouldn't recommend it. Both both of them are pretty bad services. Um, but there's just nothing to watch at any time of day. And I'm I'm shocked how much time I spend watching YouTube on my television versus watching cable.
like I, I actively follow things like Defunct Land or uh, Townsend's or or Lindsay Ellis' stuff or whatever. Like there's yeah, lots of yeah. content well, on mean, YouTube. You know, it's a sort of weird thing where like I don't I don't really care about most of mainstream TV. Um, you know, there there are some. Uh, I guess I can't melee attack that guy. There are some. Um, you know, some network shows that I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to follow, but, like, usually you can get the, you know, I like Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery's not even on cable anymore. What am I even talking about? Like, that's not even, it's it's not on TV. Um, Neither is Twilight Zone. Yeah, like, you know, th those, like, genre kind of story shows are, are pretty easy to find on the internet now. Um you know, legally on the internet, you know, if you have a problem with pirating stuff. Um, and, like, the rest of, like, cable TV is, like, like, we've got a million syndicated talent crap shows. Syndicated movies and reality shows. Yeah. And it's like, there's just not that much appeal to me. Like, you know, you, you don't find stuff like you find on YouTube where you can find, like, like, you know, stuff like you do, Chris, like meticulously researched, like think pieces on things. You know, you can't find that on TV anymore. Documentaries just kind of suck. Um, the History Channel's well, all ancient aliens, right? Like, right. It's all well. It's um, not even ancient aliens anymore. That was ten years ago. Now it's all reality shows about uh, pawn stars and what people found in uh, abandoned yeah. uh, storage units. Yeah, it's that's the Discovery Channel. We're gonna discover what's in these storage units. And it's not that's not to say that there isn't stuff on TV like like Game of Thrones is still a yeah. thing. Um, I watch John Oliver. I watch uh, watch him jigger. Um, what what's the name of the thing I'm thinking of? Um, oh, Legion. I watch Legion. Um, I watch. I I I kind of hate, hate watch nine one one, which I'm not proud of, but I do do it. <laughs> Should we talk about video games? Nah. This 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 battle tech battle is going really dumb. There's a locust running around that I can't kill. It's great. I mean, part of the problem is there's, again, there's not really much out this month. Yeah, no, I just checked the list and it's all mostly ports. What is there's the next Bubs big tech game? Release? There's a Bugs Bubsby? Bubsby. What is Bubsby? I don't know. It was a thing people were excited about at E3, though. It's, it's like a really little furry guy. Bubsy? When he's like a platformer. Like... Yeah. Oh, Bubsy. Okay. Bubsy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this looks... This looks... Everyone's just great. like, Bubsy? Okay, never mind. Maybe it's not a real thing. No, it must be. Yeah, it is. It's like a... He sort of looks it like is, a mix it's, between... It's, it's Garfield and uh he really just looks like a oh, yeah, thinner Garfield. You know, right, so I've got a nerd I, game coming out. I want a Bubsy Gex crossover. Oh my god, please. Gex was one of the few games I owned for the 3DO. You had a 3DO? I still have a 3DO. In my basement. Packed away safe. We don't have those things here. Oh, everybody has flood. basements here. You kind of need to. I, I don't think they have a lot of basements out in California either. I think like everywhere in this area, like there's there's risk where if it rains too much. Oh my goodness. 
you done got got goofed. Um, for for those of you following along uh, with the audio only version, I definitely didn't just put myself in a really stupid position to get my arm shot off because I'm way too good of a BattleTech player to do that. No, nope, everything's good. Um, so Bubsy is coming out, and <laughs> Bubsy Mortal Kombat. Come on. I thought I liked light mix. And more indie games than you could shake a stick at. Come on! Someone mentioned the Page Master, and I'll have you know there was a Page Master video game. It wasn't very good, though. But I mean, like, okay, how many, how many actors can say that they have characters, different characters in different old school games? Macaulay Culkin can. Christopher Lloyd can. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, Are we talking Mark about, like, Hamill? Hollywood actors specifically? Yeah, like, well, actor, yeah, ac Hollywood actors who are like, in multiple video games playing different char characters. Oh. You mean in the same game or, like, just lots of different other video game franchises that they're in? Different, um, well, different, different ones. So, like, Macaulay Culkin counts because he has Home Alone games and right, Page Master okay. games. Yeah, Culkin just decided that he was going to stop doing drugs and decide to, like, get on a whole bunch of people's shows. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody, remember me? I'm just going to do this huge marketing push for his stuff. Like, well, it's not just a coincidence that he was on, like, AVGN and Red Letter Media right. at, like, the same time. I'm still not sure what he was promoting, though. I don't know either. Himself. He's back. Well, he's got... He's he's got his band and he's got his website with the bunny stuff and then he's got, I guess he's, he's got a podcast. He was a producer on uh uh you know what Toe Jam and Earl. So like he's got his hands in music and in in web content production and on video games. Yeah, it's nice to see that he's healthier, but I, I think that. There's some permanent damage there, and I feel like you can gather that when you see him talk. Well, I'm I'm curious, like, because I mean, when he was in that that pizza band, uh, that that was one of those like Joaquin Phoenix level performance pieces that no one seemed to really understand what the point was. And, and now he seems much less not that, where it's a little bit more approachable content, which is interesting. Yeah, I, what, so you said he was, like, on drugs, like, what was the, the kind of, like, story there, because I just know, like, he, he was a child actor, and then, like, many child actors, he, he wasn't one anymore, and he did not transition into being a, an adult actor, so, but that's kind of, like, the limit of what I know. I think that, like, he well he stopped doing movies when he was still like a kid and right. then i think he did like a little bit of acting but like basically um he stopped in like 1994. So... i mean he, he had i'm looking at his imdb now he had occasional roles like 1994 was the end of his like kid who you would find literally everywhere period yeah and he kind of disappeared yeah. for like eight years but then he was in saved um and he was in a couple other tv shows and stuff 
he's apparently been showing up as as various characters from his own TV show or his own movie past at, in Robot Chicken. He was um, charged with drug possession, uh, but I don't think it was anything crazy. I think it was just like weed uh. and some other stuff. Um, but I, but he definitely was like really heavy into drugs, and I think it's just one of those things where you get these like child actors and then they all sort of like make their own like group together because they're just a bunch of people that kind of get mixed up in this industry and you get mixed up with the wrong crowds and because you're a kid mm -hmm. and you're an actor and like you're trying to still stay in the biz i think it's just you just get mixed up in it all it's like lindsay lohan and i don't know i just like when you don't have the people there to kind of reel you in I think any actor could yeah. end up that way very easily. 26 days? Oh, so, I forgot how slow mech repairs were on this game at the start. So, um, is there an expectation we're going to be talking about City of Here? Oh my god, why does that look damaged? Because uh, the, 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 so there's no like lore in the uh, infinite career mode. It's not even actually infinite. I think it, like there, you, you have a score at the end after um, 1200 days. So what is 1200 days? It's like what, four years? Or ish. Um, but, uh, but in the actual story of the game, the, this big dropship you have here, the Argo, um, you recover it from like, it's, it was like crashed on a moon. Um, and so, like, initially, it's it's all beat up. Okay. So, are we are we going to talk about City Heroes? I don't know anything about it. So, basically, what it is, is some guy recently discovered that there is a secret server of City of Heroes that has been existing for years and years of years. And six years. And... So some guy got invited to it and apparently it has like 3000 people, very small, mostly like friends and family of the devs. So it's like very secret. And so this guy decided to leak everything. And so, yeah, it turns out there's like this. Yeah, like the game has been going on, but very limited and very secretly. It's like a, a secret play group with their own fucking server, basically. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. City of Heroes is interesting because I, I never played it. And for a while there, it was like everybody's, you know, beloved MMO. I mean, I guess I never really approached, approached the point that Star Wars Galaxies was in that particular nostalgia lens. But, like, you know, it was everybody's, like, favorite, you know, superhero MMO. And then, like, it shut down in, I want to say, like, 2010 or something, like, nine years ago. Um... And, like, now it feels just, like, so far in the past that it's like, oh, that's that's neat, I guess, that you got a server going for that, but... And you wonder if it's still as good as you remember it, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, I never played it, so... Um, I have played the Star Wars Galaxies emulator, um, and it's kind of interesting coming back to that game as, like, an adult with a lot of game literacy and, like, seeing how the systems really work. Because um, when I played it, it was, like... 2003 2004 you know i was like not you know i was in high school um how is the star wars galaxy simulator uh, oddly complete like for for as far as these projects go like you can pretty much play star wars galaxies 
as it was before they fucked it all up when it was still actually pretty fucked up because that game did not have enough time in the oven. Um, but, uh, but I mean, there, there's no space, which is sad because that was the, the thing that I spent a lot of time doing in that game was, uh, was we, we had our, we organized our own PVP events weekly. Um, like, cause space in that game was weird. So, so Star Wars Galaxies is like, EverQuest. Like, it's built on the EverQuest engine. It drew a lot of stuff from the EverQuest stuff. Like, people from the EverQuest team developed that game initially. Um, and so, so like, the initial base game launches, and it's, it's just, like, you know, eight planets, but you don't have, like, space at all. You're just running around on the planets. Um, which seems like, like, you know, both then and now seemed like a weird way to do a Star Wars MMO, but, you know, this is, like, the first wave of MMOs that ever existed. Like, you know, the idea of doing a whole space layer was really ambitious. Um, but they did eventually do that. Like, I think uh, nine months after uh, the game came out, uh, Jump to Lightspeed came out, and, you know, you had your own, like, pilot skill trees, and you could have your ships, and, like, it's probably still the, the best... Um, or I wouldn't call it the best, the most well-realized, uh, um, you know, uh, let's merge X-Wing into an MMO and have it do MMO things. The problem was there were a lot of people who were playing the MMO who were MMO players more so than they were, you know, Star Wars fans who did not really want to go and play this other layer where you would want a joystick and go in, you know, and, and all this other kind of stuff that, like, you'd never do in an MMO. So the space layer was almost immediately abandoned and totally, like, completely separate in most ways from the ground layer. Like, it wasn't a thing where, like, there were a couple resources you needed to go into space to mine, but, like, there there wasn't a huge overlap between the two. There was never, like, well, the game didn't even really have quests as we understand them, but there was never any kind of, like, story thing um, where you had to, like, you know, uh, you, you chase these guys around a spaceport, and then they went to space. You got to go and follow them. Um, you know, like there were they they had a couple of of things like that in one of the expansions, but like uh, they were all side stuff because there were people who just did not have space skills at all and were not interested in that layer of the game. So the space stuff got just kind of totally abandoned very quickly. So what we did was we like there was there was one pvp zone in that game uh in space and it wasn't very good so what we did was we uh you know organized our own space pvp events we would have like you know 200 people at our peak like like participating in these weekly things where we'd you know lay out like mission plans and like you know give like in character briefings and stuff like that and then we go and and you know do the pvp and um and like have this kind of like evolving like fan developed storyline and we were just kind of able to free to do that because there nobody else played in space <laughs> and that was it like um and and the devs didn't care about space you know no nobody was like paying too much attention to what we were doing i, I feel like city of heroes was one of the last games also that really the last mmos that really focused on uh role playing for lack like not not that modern RPGs or MMO servers don't have like role playing servers, but like core to the fantasy was you get to build your own superhero. It can be your superhero name with your superhero costume, your power set, and they had a lot of duplicate stuff. Like you would have fire breath or ice right. breath, and they basically are the same thing. It's just breath powers. Um, 
but but there was an emphasis on making sure that you could like live that fantasy of the hero you wanted to make which is i think different in a way than than a lot of modern uh mmos work where it's really just sort of picking your favorite class or whatever but you're not expected to sort of embrace your role as dwarf wizard um that's not well, that's not approached the way it used to be approached back when like in the EverQuest days. Yeah, I didn't ever actually play uh, City of Heroes, but City of Heroes, I think like did that game get shut down before Champions Online came out? I don't think it did, but it was like the first couple years of Champions Online. And I played Champions Online, uh, and it had a sort of thing where like you, you it was more kind of in that idea of like oh you're you're crafting a role that you don't that's not necessarily super predefined. Um, for your character, um, where like you could, you could pick like, oh, you've got like fucking, uh, gun foo powers. So you've got like guns and gun skills and stuff, or you could, you know, like pick up like, oh, it's science gun powers. Or, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or maybe, you know, you, you want to be, uh, you know, a wizard or whatever. Um, and the character customizer in that game was really, uh, not, not as good now because we've got a lot of good character creators in MMOs, but like at the time it was probably better than anyone else had ever done. And like, you could do things like you could pick what kind of travel power you had. So you could like fly, you could, you could fly while on fire. Um, uh, you know, you could like super Saiyan aura while flying kind of thing. Um, you could like jump really high and you just like get everywhere by just like jumping around really fast. Um, I think there was like a super speed, um, and like those weren't tied to classes. They were just like, Hey, how do you want to get around? Yeah. Didn't city of heroes have stuff like that? I don't know. I never played it. So champions online was unfortunately, it was a, a cryptic game and cryptic kind of had this for a couple of years, this kind of like pipeline assembly thing, like, like all their MMOs kind of feel a little bit really cookie cutter. Um, that that that's why I bounced hardcore off of Champions Online because like the character yeah. creation was pretty fun, and then it dumped you into an already ruined city with a with an alien infestation, and just go go grind until you're level five and can leave this area and go to a different area. Exactly. It didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like I am a superhero. Let me visit the Hall of Justice and find what villains I must defeat. It was like no, just yeah. go go kill five of the of the lizard monsters that are attacking this area of town, and then come back with me and I'll give yeah. you a reward. I, I was I played that game with Seamus and he had like like we, we went to Canada. <laughs> There's a Canadian zone and we just spent like all the times laughing about like oh all these like um Canadian things that are so Canadian, like the Canadian Velociraptors that live in Canada and the Canadian this is no ordinary storm people. Um Let me tell you about the people <laughs> who have issues with windmills in Canada. So they have a lot to say about storms. It's a thing lately. No windmills in Canada. Because they're ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really goofy, too. Like, it, it never took itself seriously at all, even when it probably would have been better if it did. In Canada in general, yeah? Well, no, I mean, like, the whole game. Um, oh. I mean, yeah, like, it does kind of apply. Yeah. Um, but guys, and Star Trek Online kind of had the same sort of problem. But if up, everyone is super, then no one is. Oh, that's deep. Observation. I just made a really deep, profound observation.
my name is Brad Bird, and I just read read like a short summary of what Ayn Rand is, and now I have opinions. Um... <laughs> oh, you know what else is happening this month? Fucking Avengers Endgame. That's not happening this month. That's happening next week. I see it unless I see it. Yeah. One week from well, now, I will see it. It's part of this month. It's not a game, no, but it is something that is big that is happening. I, I almost wonder if, like, there was any kind of consideration about game release dates being right next to, like, that big movie that everyone in the world is going to go see. I mean, um, Warner Brothers is releasing Mortal Kombat right next to it. They own DC, just saying. <laughs> Their answer to Avengers Endgame is to release, the, the what, Mortal Kombat 12? They basically got the same it's a, appeal. It's 11, and I know that because I keep picturing people that spell it I-I, and then people think it's Mortal Kombat 2, and then, no, it's it's 11. Oh, they got rid of the, the Roman numerals they were doing for a little while? Apparently. that's a That feels a bit to me like um, the the latest iPhone is called the iPhone XS, um, Look, the iPhone XS Max, but it's, Call of Duty it's started. a Roman... It's a Roman numeral 10, so it looks like you're supposed to read it the iPhone XS and XS well, Max. I, 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 I know I'm not supposed to, but I still call it OS X. I think a lot of people do that with... with I mean, I do that with... I don't like calling it OS X. Um, I don't really have any means to... Or any particular need to ever talk about it because I don't use Mac products because... Like, increasingly, I don't see a reason to use Macintosh computers um, in any capacity. Like, like art? No, nah, not really. You don't need them. Um, you know, like, like Wacom tablets on Windows are okay now. Um, and, like, they're, they're just so overpriced for, like, every, I mean, I can see, like, if you're in a studio and they're like, hey, we got a bunch of Mac, uh, like, iMac Pros, then sure, yeah, that's cool. Like, the hardware on that thing is still kind of competitive, but also, like, it's not something I'd ever pick for myself. Or if I were ever running an office, I would never grab that. Apparently, they're not supposed to call it OS X or OS X anymore. Now it's Mac OS. Remember when Windows skipped over 9? There were reasons. And then... Didn't Galax... Didn't, like, the Samsung Galaxy Note skip 9 as well? I they don't skip know. eight. They skip the you number there somewhere. Wondered? Does does Google like search for candy companies to like work marketing deals with for their uh, Android versions? Oh, you mean because they keep naming them like KitKat and stuff? Hmm. Yeah, and Oreo and stuff like that. And sometimes they go with something generic like Froyo or Gingerbread or Honeycomb. But other times <laughs> they do other real words. Are Oreo and KitKat genericized trademarks yet? Uh, absolutely not. Probably, probably not. Yeah, I mean, like you'd think they'd be mindful of that, but still, like, there are a lot of Oreo imitator generic cookies, and they kind of when you say Oreo, you're thinking of a very particular kind of cookie. You're a particular kind of cookie. I don't know what that means. Oh, thank you. I think. Um, I'm just losing my mind because I'm trying to think. We were talking about Avengers. That's what we were talking about. 
Yeah, Avengers Endgame comes out next week. Um, I recently watched through Infinity War for the second time ever. I saw it in theaters, and then I saw it, um, like, over the weekend. Uh, and... A lot of movie in that movie. kind of garbage. A little bit. Um... I, like, it's bad, but it's bad for, like, specific reasons that aren't just like, oh, look at the dumb acting or whatever. Like, it's it still, it has this horrible problem where, um, I think, like, the major issue with that film is that, like, they are trying really hard to make Thanos the protagonist, which, and I feel like they from a filmmaking standpoint, basically succeeded in framing the, the film as Thanos is the protagonist. Like, it's it's his arc the whole way. He's the one who's... Like, he's not really the point of view character for much of it, but he is one of them. Um, but they do that with this guy who has this inherently insane idea. Um, and th I, I kept expecting someone to engage Thanos with, like, hey, wait a minute... This plan of yours, you have to justify it to me, because like, because that's always like, you, you, you know, the hero has to justify their their ideology or their existence or whatever to a, a villain. Like that's very common. Um, and I I remember there's there's a specific scene where I thought that was going to happen where they're on Titan and um, Doctor Strange comes out alone and is talk like he's having a conversation with um, Thanos and you know Thanos explains what happened to Titan where he got this idea that like oh you know you gotta kill exactly half of everyone so that resources can go around which you know again is, is inherently crazy um and and then benedict cumberbatch as dr strange says you know like he, he thanos says like once i have all six stones i'll be able to do it in a snap of a finger i call that mercy and then dr strange says and then what and i thought okay yeah here we're gonna go like hey what happens when the population recovers are you gonna have to do this again is this just gonna be cyclical every 50 years like half of everyone in the universe dies or something is that your plan doesn't seem to be your plan you're not talking about it um does does like do you expect population just not recover like um but but the answer instead is given, like Thanos says, and then I will watch the sunset on a grateful universe. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're just going to not at all address the elephant in the room that this is a, an amazingly crazy plan that is impossible to work out and justify with logic. Because, like, you think about it for, like, two or three seconds and, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean... I, my, my problem remains that I, I and I know I'm in a weird minority on this where I really like Thanos from the comic books. Like he right. works like he go ahead. Well, they're doing like, like they're doing it because they didn't want to do the comic books motivation because it's also right. really stupid. Um, well, first of all, I disagree with that. Second of all, um, they can't do it because death can't be personified because they make a buttload of money in China and having death be a physical manifestation, especially a skeleton, opens all sorts of problems. So they just want to sidestep that Is that, that whole thing. why they do it that way? That's hmm. one of the main reasons. They, first of all, I think... Yeah, they're a very personification, about Yeah. And a personification of death might be too far for even an American audience, but if you tried to personify it via a Grim Reaper skeleton person, they really... that It wouldn't fly in China. So, so basically... Throw death out entirely. Hmm. Now we got to come up with a new 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 reason for him to do it. But he's gonna have to do it because what? Why else would you use Thanos and use the glove if you're not gonna do the snap? 
Right, that's the thing. It's like Thanos has to do the snap. That is the thing that he is known for. Um, and and like, and and yeah. And the problem is like, as like I say that the comic motivation of Thanos is dumb, but like what I mean is like it's 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 also dumb, but it's not like the word you know it, you can make it work you know it, it, in a way it makes a lot more sense than the one they did with the movie where like at least you can rationalize this away as like thanos is not even pretending to be a rational actor here he wants to make out with death and he's gonna kill half the universe to do it um well but that's that's what's great is it's not that's not even like that's just the first issue of infinity war or it's not it's it's infinity gauntlet but like that's just like the first issue is where he does that right like he realizes that basically he gets the infinity gauntlet and he brings death to his basically he builds himself a little space throne that he has declared himself god king of right. of the whole universe he brings death there and is like look you didn't appreciate me before when i thought we were equals now i've got the glove now i'm even better than you now you have to look up to me and love me and she still just basically makes fun of him and then he's like oh shit that's right i promised you i'd kill half the universe right let me let me take care of that so you really do love me so you so i prove that i'm serious and then he does the snap and half the universe dies, and then you cut back to the superheroes, now they're all realizing something's going on. And then uh, she still makes fun of him, and he gets increasingly desperate. Like, he starts literally rearranging the stars and the planets, he starts basically doing everything he can to prove to death that, that she should love him, and she continues to scorn him, and he gets more and more frustrated, and he's basically like this really sad, angry, jilted lover guy, and yeah. he's kind of a pathetic nerd and i think they that's one of the other reasons they didn't do that storyline is they don't want thanos to be a pathetic nerd they want him i mean you see it in the framing they want him to be a sympathetic well, yeah tragic figure who does what must exactly. be done like it's and that's a dangerous framing for a psychopath that's killing half the universe for a genocidal maniac yeah yeah and that's the that, that's the i was going to bring that up was like you know it, it would you know you could do that but then you can't, you're going to have a lot harder time framing Infinity War with Thanos as the protagonist because Thanos is not only just at that point not a sympathetic character at all, but also his plan is, is you know, bonkers, crazy, selfish. Um, whereas with this, uh, you know, the idea at least behind um, uh, the, the, you know, the resource problem is like at least he's kind of thinking about. You know, he's he's trying to help people. He's he's not, but like, oh, you can see, oh, there's some sympathetic bits to that. Um, whereas with, fuck you, I'm gonna kill everybody so I can, you know, get death's attention is is just like, that would be a lot more ambitious uh, but, to try to frame that guy as a, as a protagonist in any kind of real sense. Right, and and that's where you get the comic framing him as kind of this pathetic nerd that just by the yeah. power of the gauntlet happens to be. A godlike figure even though he's kind of just sad and pathetic and no one wants to date him um whereas the, the the movie tries to frame him as this ultimate badass and as a result it gets real confused because it doesn't know how to frame like first of all it's, it's also afraid to actually make him too godlike right like they, they're afraid of just like they're afraid of a personification of death because it might be too weird um they they don't really use too much of the infinity gauntlet like in the comics he, yeah. he basically li literally was omnipotent like, the way they beat him in the comics, and I have no idea whether this has any bearing on the movie, I, there's no indication it does, but basically, he he decides to become so omnipotent that he ascends to, uh, I think it's uh, Infinity itself, and basically takes on a, a, a the form of the universe, transcending physical he form. He becomes the speed force. <laughs> basically. And in so doing, he drops the gauntlet, 
which Nebula picks up and and is he's like, oh crap! Now I'm not the immortal one or the um, omnipotent one. She is, and that spawns a whole another issue or two. So there's like a whole ordeal. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know I don't I don't know how you make Thanos the main protagonist, but also strip away everything that makes him empathetic. Because like pathetic nerd Thanos isn't really threatening, other than the fact that he's you know an entitled nerd with omnipotent power. Yeah, but. In that sense, he's almost like that Twilight Zone episode, right? It's like that kid that can make anything happen. He's just this spurned, right. lonely kid that just wants just wants a girlfriend. And uh, th- that's what makes him dangerous and scary. But that's harder to market versus tragic Greek figure. And and I, I think part of the problem also is that other than, I think, maybe Black Panther, none of the Marvel movies are really thematically coherent. Um, like... Age of Ultron had that whole daddy thing going on that gets dropped halfway through and completely falls apart. Yeah. Age of Ultron is probably still my least favorite. Uh, maybe my least favorite MCU movie, actually. Um, I don't know. Like, like Thor The Dark World is also there. Uh, um, but, like, it, there's a lot of stuff they didn't do with Ultron that seemed like obvious stuff to do. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm not even... I'm just mostly bothered by the fact that they set stuff up that never gets paid off, right? Where they have, like, Ultron use a line from Tony Stark, and he's like, why did right. I say that? Why, why, you know, and he's like, well, you really are Stark's invention. He's like, and then and he cuts Claw's arm off, and it's like, don't ever say that. I'm nothing like him. But then that plot thread, that theme just gets dropped. It never comes up again. When they beat him, it's not because, like, they they have him confront his his parentage of, of Iron Man or whatever. It's just straight up, like, right. no, we just said, we had... We had Thor, Vision, and Iron Man blast you with beams, and then Hulk punched you, and then Scarlet Witch pulled your heart out at the end. Um, or, or, or like Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is a good movie, but like the the character growth in that movie doesn't like the ultimate conclusions that Peter has yeah. at the end make don't no make sense. sense. Like, so you did all that. You like, like literally, the whole movie is about him doing stuff that is ultimately like doesn't really matter all that much except that it helps you know tony stark like they're stealing stark technology that's the big dilemma um and and at the end of the movie he does all that and he proves to tony stark that he's ready to be an avenger and then he's just like but maybe not um alex we have a question um are you going to review subverse what's that i don't know but it's in chat it, it is a porn-esque game, I get Like, like there's going to be porn in it, but it will apparently have gameplay that's on Kickstarter right now. Oh, is it by the people who do the, the, the MMO where it's like you have different waifus, right? I don't think so. Someone just linked me. I don't think I know what this is if it's not that. Studio FOV is making like this Kickstarter waifu thing. Uh, I mean, there's a good chance I'll review it if it's a porn game at this point. But they take so long to make. And I'm like, I had to shelf Bible Black this week because it's just such a fucking exhausting game to write about because it's just so disturbing left and right. And um, same with the Newgrounds video. Like, that took forever for me to make for so many different reasons. But one of them was just like, I had to record all this footage and play all these, like, very disturbing games. So... Um, the porn stuff takes a while. That, and it's also, like, hard to find footage. Hard to... I gotta record all the footage, because no one has any good footage. And, like, there's 12 different endings to Bible Black, so, like, eventually I had to stop. But I was like, ugh. It's gonna be awesome, 
and I'm glad it's going to be like happening, but I'm just like, yeah. One So one thing I will share, like a little tidbit, the game came out in 2000. The anime series started coming out in 2001 and they made like an, a prequel and a sequel and whatever. And like, so that ran from 2001 to 2004. The game didn't get an Eng official English localization until 2006. So most of the Western um, perspective of Bible or like the first like sort of um, site for Bible Black was is the anime, not the game. And the game is quite different in many cases than the than the anime so i'm very excited to talk about all that but yeah man writing about porn games is like no joke man like it's a whole I mean, other it doesn't help that the bible black is almost entirely rape scenes yeah yeah and there's a whole lot more in the game i don't know what that is cyber no i haven't played a lot of porn games i've learned they're really hard to find um and a lot of them aren't for me turns out so like a lot of it is me going back and kind of being like looking at the history looking at the conversations because that's the other hard thing is like i want japanese perspectives i want like feminist japanese perspectives on all this right. stuff and so i had to look up scholarship which, thank God, in Japan, they you have to publish in English before you can publish in Japan, a uh, Japanese. So really? a lot of, yeah, for your PhD. Interesting. I don't know if it's all fields, but definitely, like, uh, a lot of the humanities. So it, me it means that, like, Japanese scholarship is a little bit more accessible sometimes. Yeah. Um, and it, more often than not, it means that you have Japanese scholars uh, being asked to write a chapter for a... Um, like a book in English uh, with like English speaking editors. Like we ha we'd have um, someone come out to see GSA every year that was a scholar from Japan and his talks are always amazing, obviously, because he has a completely different perspective. But it is difficult right. finding like stuff from that era, like the early 2000s. I was trying to find um, like uh, porn comics for women during this era. And like none of that stuff is documented and kind of like backed up anywhere, at least like any sort of English repository. So it really makes um, studying this hard, especially when no one else has written upon it. And it's a very contentious field because feminists, even a feminist alone, are split when it comes to talking about things uh, like rape in comics and the function of right. um like these very like extreme scenes in comics and games and everything so i'm very yeah i'm very excited i have a lot to say but they're exhausting to me yeah i'm looking forward to being able to see the the final product how are you even going to do footage in that game i've been recording it and um everything is pretty safe for work minus even the H scenes aren't particularly um, not safe for work because most of the text box text box covers uh, the the naughty bits. So really, like the images right. themselves are not particularly disturbing. It's just kind of the. It's also voice acted too. The game, which is was is strange for such a an old game, but uh, yeah, it's voice acted too. So you you get the full experience. I think another interesting avenue to explore there would be like the, like i don't know if it's this is still the case but 
a lot of visual novels from the mid 2000s on like like they're very obviously not porn visual novels like fate stay night is not porn but there's well, porn in i mean it. the fate category the um, fate series is kind of like a special it's basically porn but it's not but I, I like there are a lot of like h scenes in in visual novels that came out at that time that are like this is this is very much not about porn or or even romance or dating or anything like that but there are just these explicit sex scenes that we threw in there yeah yeah just like this very strange that is that is a, a very interesting area to talk about and it's not something that's gone away i feel like there's a lot of anime out there that just is extremely explicit and sometimes just out of nowhere yeah. which is uh something i'm definitely going to be talking about by black but like just this it's really hard to know what you're getting into sometimes when you have all these sort of mixed labels you have like hentai and then you have like arrow which is like erotic so that could be anything right and then you have like right like stuff blurs the line a lot erotic thrillers yeah oh i'm so excited i want to talk about it more because i've been like hiding away re reading like japanese scholarship and it's just it's a very different perspective and it's really exciting also i have no idea what's going on in the marvel verse because i haven't seen um any of the avengers since age of ultron and i have been seeing a smattering of the individual movies like i saw captain marvel and i saw black uh, panther uh, but that's it i just got so mad coming out of captain marvel too i was just like I'm mad that I keep paying money to see these movies and I'm mad that like they are exactly how as I how like exactly how I expect them and I'm not surprised and I'm not like and I just get angry about the state of movies and and big blockbuster productions and I just become a stupid hipster and then I just like ugh. <laughs> stop um and then i like what is it that purchased my criterion channel like a fool and then i'm like watching that <laughs> in my room by myself watch house while everyone goes has fun and watches avengers watch how Su. that's huh? my favorite criterion movie how Su? The, the japanese horror comedy from the 70s it's in the criterion collection is it on the criterion channel it should be. It's in the Criterion Collection. Because not everything in the collection is on the channel. I've learned this the hard way. I... It, I don't know how to check. I don't have the thing, so I don't oh, know how to check. Oh, well, how do you... Oh, it's H-A-U-S-U? The word house. Oh, yes, I know this. I know this. Yes, it's on my watch list because I've heard so many good things about it. Yes, it's I know, I know just, what the image. It's great. I have watched, um, I watched Seventh Seal for the first time, finally, front to, like, beginning to end. Ah, uh, yes, I'd the never seen the, the full last thing. action hero. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. But wow, like, that's just, 
it's just an anomaly. Uh, and then I decided to check out the, they have like a series called Short Plus Feature where they pair up a short film and a feature length sort of famous film and they have like a little introduction that kind of ties them together. So that was really fun and very nerdy. If you like miss taking school classes and things like that, you'll you'll like that. It's like when Lisa gets out her emergency uh, school kit when uh, the teachers go on strike and it's like a little a little desk and a recording of a teacher saying, is that gum? Is that gum? <laughs> and then she's like, ah, that's me. Do you mind like expounding a bit on the uh, the thoughts you have about Marvel movies? Because you you'd mentioned you didn't like Captain Marvel yeah much to me but like we didn't really get into the the specifics of it and i don't think i'd seen it at that point now i've seen it now so well i'm already like a a dc fan so that's already like a notch in my mm -hmm. against me for marvel because i mostly read or i used to read dc comics and the marvel verse was just something i didn't get into because i just didn't find them as like the characters as interesting and minus uh she hulk because she's amazing uh, but other well, than that, I mostly like stick to DC. And so then when it came to the movies, because I already didn't particularly care about the characters or in some cases, like they're direct copies of other characters. Right. So like there is a, uh, you know, an Ant-Man version in the DC universe. And there's like a there's also right. a Captain Marvel in the DC universe, which is Shazam. So they changed that. But his original name is Captain Marvel. So that's when it's really confusing. But but yeah, like it's just, I don't know. Like these stories are all the same. They hit the same story beats. I don't care about what happens to the characters. And I, I'm so familiar with the narratives that like I know what happens, even if I haven't read the comics because... Right. DC does the same sort of stories as well. So like there is an equivalent to what's happening right now in the DC universe. Like and so it's like I A, I I know what's going to happen sort of and it's going to happen to characters I care less about. Right. Have have either of you watched the Patrick Willems breakdown of of the uh, Marvel universe? Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't. It it he, does a pretty a, good he's job. Like a 50, 50 minute video uh, breaking down like oh what works are, and what are you talking about the old one, not the new one? He, he revisited it, it recently like with forty five or something. No, yeah, it's, it's the recent one like that came out two weeks ago. Well, it was it was three parts. It's the, three pieces, three parts long. Yeah. So it's it's not just it's that one's fifty minutes, and then there's like two others that are. It's right. like an hour and a half. Which is way too long now that I say that out loud. But he does a really good job breaking down a lot of why the MCU doesn't work from a, a narrative and storytelling level. Um, and I really, really enjoyed his breakdown of, of why it kind of feels inert. Um, yeah. So, yeah, probably something like similar to what I'm thinking then. Sort of. When was the last time DC live action movies were good? Shazam. Well, Wonder Woman was all right. I mean, yeah, Wonder Woman was good. I, I hear some people really liked Aquaman. Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't I, seen Shazam yet, but I'm super excited because it wasn't. It, I think most of it was filmed in Toronto, so it's always exciting to see stuff filmed where you know where stuff is, especially because the last Shazam DC movie good. filmed in Toronto was Suicide Squad. So you know. 
I haven't seen Aquaman either. Like, I, I actually really like Aquaman in the comics. And I really like Jason Moma. I just feel like that's not a movie I would pay to go see in the theater. Like, I'll watch it, but... Yeah. Just like I'm probably going to watch, like, the... Like, that really... Well, the Birds of Prey movie, which I'm really hoping is, is good. I hope Margot Robbie takes it in a good direction. Because Birds of Prey is much... awesome. I, I know it's too much to hope for, but I I hope uh, New Mutants is good. It probably won't be, because it's been in hell for God knows how long, but I want it to be good. Because Phoenix is not going to be the a, a good swan song of that little universe. Yeah, they they just released a like the first was it the is it the first trailer for the new Phoenix movie? It's the last trailer. It comes out in June. I think this is their big oh cinematic my god book. really oh wow yeah. that snuck up on us. <sighs> it's it's weird that like you know the the new X Men were really cool for a couple films and now they're just kind of like I don't actually want to see any more of this. Well, I mean, especially I, I, when I said, isn't okay. the arc just essentially like from the first X Men trilogy? Like because the first X Men yeah. trilogy yeah, was very centered thing. around that whole thing. I mean, I mean, the X Men three was bad for a lot of reasons, but yeah, I, I I've, I've said this on on here before, but I, I really do love even if I, I really don't care for Brian Singer's mainline X Men films, but I do love the way that. Fox treated the X-Men universe almost as defiantly flying in the face of what Marvel was doing. So, so instead of having this serious, tone-consistent, in-continuity universe where everything's interconnected, you had Legion, which is this trippy, surrealist, uh, weird vibe thing that kind of feels like you're on drugs the whole time you're watching it. You have, um, you have Deadpool, which is sort of a fourth-wall-breaking comedy. You have Logan, which is basically a Western. You have a lot of swings and misses at trying to do the Marvel thing in the main X-Men movies, which are all pretty uniformly bad. And then you had what they were trying to do with, um, or you had the gifted, which is its own X-Men reality where, where kids get superpowers. And it's more of a sort of almost a shield style family serial. And then you had, um, uh, new mutants, which was going to be a horror movie, uh, about, about being, uh, you know, gifted and, and not knowing what right. your powers are. And it would have been body horror and it sounded really cool. And I, Sounds like it's going to be a train wreck now. Sort of like um, what the Fantastic Four was supposed to be. Exactly. But, like, I really love that, like, each of these exists in its own little pocket universe, totally unrelated from the others, but also, except by, like, the theme of, we're mutants, society doesn't like us, and we are coming to terms with who we are in completely different genres, in ways that actually feel like they're different genres, whereas in the MCU, you have different genres and kind of a loose... I don't know, Doctor Strange's music had a sitar, so maybe it's vaguely a more Eastern-influenced thing. And uh, Winter Soldier had more of a sepia-toned, desaturated look, so I guess it's more of a film noir detective thing. And they don't really commit to any sort of real genre work, whereas I, I feel like the, the, the mutant movies did, and I, I think that's really cool. And I'm going to be sad yeah. when we don't have that anymore. Yeah, I still haven't seen like, either of the Deadpool movies. I know I, I should. I, I don't think know why they're, I they're, It's surprising how well they work for what they're trying to do with them. And it's very obvious that Ryan Reynolds really, really likes the part. Uh, for me at this point, it's just so many of these movies feel like more than an obligation. 
It's like if I really sat yeah. down and laid out my choices about what I want to watch, which I actually use, usually do because I have extensive categorizing and lists and whatnot for making decisions on what movies I watch next. So I sit down and I lay it all out and I'm just like, I could watch this or I could like watch this and this other movie, which I know will surprise me and will give me some sort of satisfaction in, in one of these ways. And it's just, I'm just, I just miss being surprised in movies and not for the same, like not for the thing of like, oh, like there's Stan Lee. Or like there's there's another reference. I want to be surprised at like, oh, they're they're going this way, or like they're gonna do that. And it's yeah. like nothing is nothing is nothing is a genre. Never mind genre bending. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this the, the Patrick Willems get, video is getting to this a little bit, but you basically can't have any arcs anymore. You you can't change the characters because those characters are also slated to show up in four more movies, and people are expecting to see them. The, the popular versions of them. So you can't have somebody go through a life-altering thing where suddenly now they're, a, you know, a changed person that's different or giving up the superhero cloak and, and cape thing or cape and cowl thing. None of that stuff can happen. So you're just sort and of locked in. And that's the stuff where... that just, like, keeps the force of it moving. And not just, like, comic books. Like, look at James Bond. He quits every day. Every other movie, he quits the force. And then he gets back... Or he like he goes through these weird like life altering moments and then he's like fine again, right? Like I I that you know I don't remember that much about the James Bond films, uh, the, the Daniel Craig James Bond films uh, that I've seen. But like that is something that I remember is like he's constantly like, oh, this is the end of my. I'm not doing this anymore. And then the next movie he's back and it's like okay. <laughs> Yeah, we don't talk. Well, we don't talk about Laves and B though. That was like a a convenient wrapping up of uh, that. Although they might replicate that again in the new James Bond movie if they keep going with this like loose adaptation of Honor, Majesty's Secret Service. But we'll see. Lots of Bond news to come very soon. Of course, it has me nervous because anytime I hear of a cool visionary director that gets on a project and then leaves because of script differences, I usually say, well, the producers got their hands in this one a little too much already. See also the Solo movie. Oh, God. Was there a twist, Inspector? I don't remember one. Because it's, it's all canon. Is that canon, the one where that... the... The final fight is out in, like, the, the church in the middle of nowhere. On the streets? On the bridge? Isn't it, like, on the bridge? I don't remember. I guess Spectre's been out for a while now. Oh, that it... Oh, yeah, that was Skyfall, yeah. Um... At, like, at the end, they, like, arrest Blofeld or whatever, and he gets shot or something. Oh, no, like, the well, the twist was that it was, like, it was all Blofeld all along, or that Blofeld... Blofeld is the brother of Bond? No, that's, like, actually canon, though. Am I still here? Chris, are you, am, am I lagged out? I'm, or... I'm, I'm good. We're good. Okay, then I guess... The wonders of Canadian internet. It's, it's not... I don't know. Anyway. Oh, shit, that's a disco ball. Uh... What's a disco ball? Uh, the, the, that, it's a hunchback HBK 4P, which is a hunchback that just has eight 
no, uh, nine medium lasers on it, and that's it. And it just runs around and kills everything. Why doesn't everybody have one of those then? Well, because I because I haven't found the parts for them yet. Um, oh, what am I gonna do with you? No. Let's do this. Uh, looks like Alex is still lagged out. This is unfortunate. We've been going for about two hours. You want to? We have. That's a really like unfortunate place to just leave off the episode, though. Like, oh, Alex got Alex got James bonded and and. That's why I you can't say bad it. things about James Bond. He'll he'll get you. Hi, Alex. You can you can hear us, okay? Are you just hearing us from the stream or? Money penny. That's a fun word to say. What? Money penny. The... I'm still on James Bond. I, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, hmm. We kind of hit all the topics I was going to talk about, um, or had been thinking about talking about anyway. Oh! Uh-oh, uh-oh. Whoa, here we go. Did, did it finally catch up? No, she's still streaming out to us. I don't know how much more is going to be in the podcast. Try leaving Ventrilo and coming back, Alex. Um, in chat, Alex says, the original actress who played Moneypenny, uh, Lois Maxwell, is from her hometown. I don't like the names of the code names of your spaceship. Sorry, the, the code names of my spaceships? Unicorn, Marmoset, Scorpion, and Jockey. The the code name of my spaceships, Chris? What what game do you think I'm playing? I mean, you know, they're 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 basically spaceships. They're, they're space mixed. robots. They have legs. It but they travel through space. They go they they have to On be able to be ship. picked up. But they have to be picked back up into space. Do they have a cargo thing yeah, that just comes that and picks them up? I, How big is so that? So is was Neil Armstrong a spaceship? In a sense, yes. He was a biospace. I'm just saying, like, if you're a, if you're a vehicle that goes into space. Are mechs vehicles? Or are they something, like, distinct from that? How could they be distinct? Like, is this like, the, is the hot dog a sandwich argument? Like, I feel like you can get into it guess, and it can transport yeah, you around. Yeah, it kind of is. I, I'm... I am willing to go out there on the record and say I will die on this hill that mechs are not spaceships unless they they can independently go to space. Okay, I'm in which case they are both mechs and a spaceship. P people are asking me how I pronounce Asmer, and I'm going to start a Twitter poll and I'm going to ask the internet: Do you pronounce it <laughs> ASMR or Asmer? I want I want I want hard data. Pronounce it Asmr, obviously. It's the D and D race. Uh, the disco ball. Oh, it only fired three.
Tricks in chat says, asthma makes it sound like asthma. I, I agree. It makes me think of something that is like a disease or something. Okay, the the tweet is up. I'm gonna I'm gonna get real time feedback. Awesome. Why am I? St why is Discord still making noise? Discord, what are you doing? Don't make noise. Thank you. I said, are there multiple Discord instances? Oh yeah. The current the current results are not encouraging. No, you mean exactly like what I've been saying to you for the past three years? There's 23 hours left. You put a 24-hour Twitter poll for this. That's the default. That's Twitter just goes to 24 hours. I'm just going to say, like, I have never heard anyone but you call it that. So... But ASMR is such a clunky acronym. I mean, it is. It's really bad, but, like... And for for a a a a thing that is supposed to give you tingles when you hear the right magical sounds, I feel ASMR is just a unwieldy, clunky sounding bad word. Where asthma sounds like a prescription drug you could take, like it sounds nice and friendly. Ask I, your doctor about asthma. I don't associate asthma. nice and friendly with prescription drugs. Well, okay, prescription um, drug commercial. I'm just saying. That's also a, a anyone who's not in the U.S. Are you aware that uh, uh, we advertise prescription drugs on TV? And that's like totally legal and a thing that people do. Because like as I understand it, that's not something that happens anywhere else. Okay, so far I've got four percent of the vote at ninety-seven votes. So there's at least like three other people. <laughs> So you're not the only one in the world. Absolutely not. Should I pronounce it ASMR or should I pronounce it asthma? Oh my god, do that for the rest of the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely not. I, I feel like I'm creeping someone out when I do that. So are we getting Alex back to finish our James Bond conversation? I'm, I'm or, in or should communication we with, with uh, Alex adjacent people right now about what's going on. <laughs> Ravenslaw says, I call the angelic D&D &D race ASMR. <laughs> That's a game I should get back to. Pathfinder uh, Kingmaker, which I think the last time I talked about it on the show, like I was... Uh, like, like it hasn't changed. Where like I, I stopped playing because the game was full of bugs and everything was broken. Uh, it does not look like the internet is coming back for Alex. So I guess it looks like it's just you and me, and maybe Alex will be able to finish her James Bond thoughts on the uh, next episode of this podcast. All right. Um, do we have anything we gotta cover before we head out? I don't think so. Go Maybe vote in my poll and vote for me. Vote for the right don't answer. Vote for Chris. Remember that time Chris turned into the Resident Evil? That was a long time ago, and that was not Asmarine. <laughs> that was that was uh 
No, but that was it whatever was funny. the opposite of Asbury is. I don't even I don't use that mic anymore, so that shouldn't happen. Although I wonder if there's some sort of way I could set up a dynamic pitch shift and just have that happen by like turning a <laughs> dot. Just occasionally you turn into Darth Vader. All right. Well, um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm going to go get, like, some food and go watch the end of Star Trek. Um, and uh, I think I feel pretty good about the system I had where uh, the audio-only version of this would go up and the YouTube version would go up on, like, Monday, the following Monday. But maybe I'll get it up on, like, Saturday or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, goodbye everybody. Oh, hey, I gotta we gotta get the ending music in here. Um here we go. We got mute. We're, we're, yeah, I, I just we're, we're I have classing the, up the joint the edited I've edited the the off to Osaka theme to so that I can just drop it into a podcast with the start and end and the fades are all correct, so I am just playing the media file. <laughs> so we're we're really sophisticated here.